This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Please take your Bibles and let's go to Matthew's Gospel. This evening we want to pick up that theme, that topic of fasting again for Matthew chapter 6. This morning we began a message in this series, Mountaintop Living, looking at the King's Council on True Fasting. This has been a burden on my heart for some time. I knew that this topic was coming in this series, uh, but the burden that I have related to this subject is because God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And as pastors, it's important that we teach the whole counsel of God so that what the Lord has said, none of that gets missed. But this is also one of those topics that we need to be an example of as the believer. Blameless in this and other areas. And uh, so it was an opportunity for me to revisit this subject in my life. I do try to fast regularly, but in line with the context tonight and what the Lord is going to teach us, I don't go into a lot of detail on that with you uh, because uh, I want the Lord's reward and I want His answer. And the Scripture warns us about being too public with this matter for the wrong reasons. If you're fasting... We're going to see a little bit later, really, nobody needs to know that uh, except for, and I'll qualify that by saying, uh, if you want to include others in that fasting quietly, uh, you are meeting with a group to take urgent petitions to the Lord, uh, or 1 Corinthians 7, again, we'll, we'll see this in a little bit, uh, you and your wife or you and your husband agree to fast for a time. One of you is going to fast. You're fasting together uh, to see uh, God do a mighty work with a, a great burden, a great need that is on uh, your heart. And so by God's grace, we want to try to remove any confusion, uh, any uh, questions Certainly, if there are more, I'd love to hear from you and, and help you find the answers to those. You can go to God's Word yourself. But, but we really need to have a functional working understanding of biblical prayer and fasting. And uh, what is clear from Scripture is that fasting is always a part of praying. Okay, And that, that, is, that is very evident. So what we learned this morning is this. True fasting is expected. Again, it's rooted in the teaching on the Day of Atonement, and not just that day that was set aside by Israel, but as we saw in Hebrews, the theological ramifications of that as, as that day along with, with the rest of what God structured and instituted in the Old Testament all pointed to Christ and His redemptive work. And so when the Lord is teaching in Matthew 6 about fasting, He's teaching uh, these things to Jews who already understood that fasting 
is expected. But in their minds, there was going to be confusion, and the Lord is clarifying that here, because the kind of fasting that, that they were being taught and was being exemplified before them by the religious leaders, it wasn't biblical fasting at all. And so the Lord is helping citizens of His kingdom understand how to do it properly based on the Scripture. All right, so fasting is expected. We also learned that fasting is done with prayer to address the needs of our hearts in relation to personal sin, unbelief, where we're not exercising faith uh, to trust God and, and set sin aside, or maybe their sins of omission, where here's what God expects from me, and I've said no. If you and I will take time, as David did and others in the Psalms, to just say, Lord, search me and know me, try me. And you mean that, and you've set aside time, and you've denied yourself other things so that, that uh, you're just going to take this time with the Lord, and God, I really want you to meet with me and show me what I am in light of you. God's going to meet you there. But have the attitude, whatever you show me, you get your way. Shatter my will for the sake of your divine will. So, again, biblical fasting was done to pray over personal sin as well as national sin. Now, we look at what's happening in our nation and, and the parallels with Israel. Especially during Daniel's time. We are in Daniel 9 earlier today. What's happening in our nation ought to drive us to prayer and fasting. Things, some things do not change unless God's people who are called by, my, by His name humble themselves and pray and seek His face. I believe he's pleased when we, again, deny ourselves for the pleasures of this country and, and, and the things that we enjoy doing and, and even things that are necessary to us but not nearly as necessary as beseeching God on the behalf of our, ourselves and our families and our nation. I need sleep, but I can catch up on that later. It's time to pray. A season of prayer. Uh, I need food, but I, I can get that later. Uh, how long can you go in your flesh and not eat? Well, we're going to see in a little bit, the Lord Jesus showed us, you can go days and days and days and days. Uh, a lot of us have enough reserve, we can go a while. You don't fast for the physical benefit of it, though there's physical benefit. But communicating to the Lord by our heart and our actions that, Lord, we're in a desperate situation here, and I just need to get along with you. Not let anything interfere, anything distract, and go to the Lord. 
Now, there are other biblical reasons for fasting. Personal sins, national sins, uh, and we understand that the awful chains won't be broken unless we pray and fast. And so, again, Matthew chapter 6, notice verse 16, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Now, Father, uh, would you work through this vessel of clay, Holy Spirit, empower your word. Uh, Lord, do your work through me. And God, would you even speak to me tonight again? And to this precious church family, your flock, uh, that, God, we might uh, have the importance of this and an understanding of this pressed into our minds that, Lord, in the days ahead, we would, we would function this way uh, for your glory and for your work. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We'd like to ask you now to turn over from Matthew 6. Go to Matthew chapter 17. I want to remind us again of this passage, this illustration, uh, beginning in verse 14. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. And as we saw this morning, the disciples were first faced with the challenge of handling the problem, this demon-possessed young man. But they could not do what perhaps even they had done previous times. They could not cast out the demon. And it's important to understand that the problem was not that they were doing it differently this time. Uh, no doubt the Lord had taught them to do this work in His name. But I wonder if as they witnessed the situation, if they were intimidated by the desperate situation of this boy and the power of a demonic force far greater than them. And so doubt crept in, unbelief crept in. And I think the text also helps us see that there was not personal preparation of themselves. When you're faced with that kind of a situation, you either are prepared to respond to it or you're not. And I think what the text reveals is that there had not been personal preparation that was sufficient to handle what was before them. And so Tonight, we, we want to focus also on the fact that, that fasting is an important part of you and I being battle-ready. We need to get past. Well, I read a few verses, spent a little time with the Lord in prayer this morning. 
you are in a battle. You're in warfare. And so am I. And I can't afford to go into the day without having on the armor of God. And as the last part of Ephesians 6, that, that section on the armor teaches, uh, I need to have been praying always. And to continue to do that as I face the circumstances of life. Uh, but, but that involves time alone with the Lord. In fact, the Lord, in, in, and we saw this also in Matthew chapter 6, in the Lord's Prayer, uh, part of, of that prayer even prepares us. And today, Lord, don't allow me to be drawn into temptation, but deliver me from evil. How, how do I prepare? There needs to be significant time before the throne of grace. Just me and God. God and I time. But, but significant time. And one of the things that is going to help us as well is that, that we are so sensitive to the Spirit of God that He'll tell you, He'll let you know based on things that are coming, things that you know, news that you hear, He'll let you know, all right, it's time to just cancel everything, get alone with me for fasting and prayer. And this account here in Matthew 17 is just an example of disciples ministering for their Lord, and this faces them. And the Lord identifies what the problem was. It was unbelief. And to correct the unbelief for the heart to be right, to be able to respond as, as servants of the kingdom. Uh, in order to be able to do that, these only come out by prayer and fasting. Now, what are some other biblical reasons for fasting? I want to give these to you. I hope that you'll mark them down. First of all, preparation for a significant life or ministry experience. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 4 now. Verse 1 says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Now remember, and the evangelist helped us with this, he was in the same flesh that you and I are. 40 days, 40 nights. He was afterward and hungered now that's that would be obvious right okay and when the tempter came to him he said if thou be the son of god command these stones to be made bread and the temptation begins now jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness but there was preparation that took place significant preparation and you can read it there he fasted and during that time no doubt much much prayer and then satan came to him again in his full humanity facing an enemy like satan in the flesh the Lord Jesus in flesh needed this preparation. He's led of the Spirit, and now he's going to respond 
through the leading of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit to be able to overcome. But there was a lot of preparation that happened. This, just like our Lord's baptism and everything else that He did in His ministry, these are all things that are also meant to be examples to us. And if Jesus countered significant experiences like this and was able to do the Father's will by fasting, how much more you and me? When we're reminded later in the New Testament to submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and the devil will what? Flee. When you put all these passages together, I think part of that submission and even having a heart that is willing to submit to God in the face of temptation, I think fasting is very important. So preparation for a significant life or ministry experience. Again, the Spirit of God will let you know when you are facing significant experiences in your life or in ministry. For some of you, it'll be a ministry choice. Lord, are you calling me into missions? Are you calling me to preach? Uh, are you calling me to another ministry? Those are not things that where you just, well, I'm going to see what kind of a gut sense I have about this. Those are times when you need to get alone with God and fast and pray. Here's another one. Petition for a significant uh, life or ministry need. All right, now let's, uh, we're, we're separating, and I believe the scripture does this, from our, our ministry and, and life experiences, okay, uh, where uh, we know that something is coming. Jesus knew what was coming. He's led into the, into the wilderness by the Spirit for the specific reason of facing off with his arch enemy. Sometimes we can see uh, what is coming. Other times there are just great needs that arise. And with those needs, whether you anticipate those or whether they're sprung on you, and again, I'm using that word uh, carefully, uh, God always sees, but, but we, we can be surprised by things. In those situations, again, uh, we need to fast and pray. Now, there are a couple examples in Scripture of where fasting preceded a significant event or a need that, that took place. For instance, in Acts chapter 10 and verse 30, when it came to the need for salvation, uh, I'm fascinated by the soldiers in the New Testament, uh, especially the centurions. What a study those guys are. Okay? But we're told in Acts 10 and verse 30, Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, he's saying these things to Peter, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. And the man, an angel, explains to Cornelius, the Lord's heard you. Okay, so here's, here's a lost Roman officer, and, and what, what is... What's he doing? He is so burdened about his spiritual condition 
that an unsaved man sets time aside to fast and pray. And, and what does God do? God not only sends an angel, but here's what else God does. Uh, he calls an apostle who's on a rooftop down in Joppa having a dream about food. Uh, and the Lord's straightening him out on, on one matter. And the Lord says to him, now there's some men that are coming and you need to go with them. And of course, he accompanies these servants of Cornelius uh, back up to Caesarea by the sea. And, uh, and, and Cornelius is saved and his whole household. But what, what preceded that? He was fasting and praying, seeking the Lord. And what's the Lord promise? If you seek me, you'll find me. If you seek with all of your heart. See, that's the whole point. That's a significant point about fasting. So he had put aside everything and, and uh, <clears throat> was just taking time, days here, to fast and, and, and seek the salvation of the Lord. What, what an example for us. Now, is there anything that you need to be saved from? Say, oh, yeah, I, I've got this or this. It could be physical. It could be spiritual. It could be a family matter. And, and you need to see the salvation of the Lord. Or you're burdened about somebody who needs the salvation of the Lord. And, and, and you've prayed and, and it, just, it just, okay, set aside time to get alone with God. Fast and pray. Fast and pray. Also, the need for the Spirit's direction. We know this from the book of Acts, that when they were choosing uh, deacons, when they were choosing missionaries, they would fast and pray. And even after they were chosen, before they were sent out, the need was for God's direction and God's protection. They fasted and they prayed. Now, that is not a pattern in a lot of churches. And by God's grace, we need to let God lead us to be a pattern here. Here's another example. If you'll turn over to Acts chapter 14. In Acts chapter 14, Paul and Barnabas are ministering in Lystra. And this is the account... where God uses them to heal a man and Satan gets involved again and these are pagans, they worship pagan gods, they see this miracle and they declare the gods are among us. And so they, they bring out the fatted calf and they're going to worship Paul and Barnabas. And they're like, no, 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 this just tells you how fickle the human heart is. No, 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 we're men just like you. And the end of the story, okay, and they stone him. Wow, that's a turn of events. They leave Paul for dead. The disciples come out. The Lord raises Paul back up. And the scripture tells us that they go from, uh, from Lystra to some of the neighboring uh, churches after that. Uh, to encourage and to strengthen those churches. And notice verse 23, it says this, And when they had ordained them elders in every church, 
and had prayed with fasting. They commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. So when it came to the major decisions, the the structural work that God was doing, that the Holy Spirit was doing in hearts. Again, these fledgling churches, people that are being ordained to the ministry, they're brand new Christians, relatively speaking. We would, in our time schedule today, we'd think, well, these are novices. It's too soon. It's too early. No, no, no. The Lord led them through fasting and prayer to set people apart, to ordain elders, to, or, to, um, to appoint deacons as the Lord led and as the church gave their input. And all of these things, if I can use this word, were cemented. There was assurance because of prayer and fasting. And it wasn't mechanical. It wasn't, well, this is the right thing to do. No, this was, this was the Lord uh, impressing on them the need to have his direction and have hearts full of belief where they have genuinely sought the Lord's help. So preparation for a significant life or ministry experience. Petition for a significant life or ministry need. And then this last area, as I have studied this from Scripture, priority over all other needs and relationships. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 5, or 7, rather, verse 5. This is the chapter dealing with with intimacy within marriage, uh, divorce, remarriage, uh, singleness, all that is dealt with here in chapter 7. And Paul is responding to questions that the Corinthian church had sent to him about these matters. Okay, uh, Verse 1, now concerning the things wherever you wrote unto me. Now he begins to give them instruction. And when it comes to physical intimacy within marriage, he reminds the husband and wife, you don't own yourself, your spouse owns you, and so um, you don't have control over your body, they do meet their needs, but then he gives this exception in verse 5, defraud ye not, don't steal from one another, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to, and, and, and you need to understand, to a greater relationship, where through that relationship, the greatest needs are going to be met. And let, me, let me just remind married couples here, <clears throat> God didn't give you your spouse to replace God. Well, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just go through this together. Well, you may have to go through it together, but you need to go through it in the power of the Lord being led by Him, not, not trusting just each other's strength alone. So, fasting and prayer, and then come together that Satan tempts you not for your incontinency, lack of control, is is the idea here. So, what a high standard for marriage. That we, we we are building our relationship, but we're really building our relationship by getting closer to God. 
And as important as our relationship is and all the aspects of that relationship, you know what? There's a relationship that is more important. And as a married couple serving the Lord, there are things that we're going to face that are, are so important uh, where the need is so great that we have a conversation where we agree we're not going to be intimate for this period of time because one or both, are, we're going to give ourselves to prayer and fasting and then we've agreed to come back together. Say, wow. Now, that's, that really sets the tone for marriages that honor the Lord. But there isn't a married couple here, if you've been married any length of time, where you know that together you face things that are beyond the scope of your strength and ability to respond. Would you agree with that? Especially when you have adult children and they start making some of their choices. Or you start dealing with, with um, as a married partner, with a partner and your health is failing, uh, your spouse's health is failing, and, and you've got significant problems and needs that, that arise from that. Financial reversals. How do you respond to all that? Well, we'll just, we'll just kind of cut back and we'll come up with a new plan. No, 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 don't start there. Where it needs to start is, all right, we have got an issue that we must take before the Lord. And so the way we normally function as husband and wife, all that gets put on hold. And for this amount of time, Lord, lead us, but, but at least for this amount of time, let's give ourselves to prayer and fasting and then agree to come back together. But, but we, need, we need to spend time alone with God. Is that, is that making any sense to us? It is. We've been married a few decades. The things that... that Come up. We had a wedding here yesterday. And I don't think I've had a, a, a wedding that I've done uh, in at least the last 20 years where I don't stand in front of this couple and thank God that God is overseeing their lives because as sweet as all this is and, you know, they're starry-eyed and everything, they don't have a clue. You know the most moving part of the wedding for me? Who gives this woman to be married to this man? Why? Because there's the dad saying, I'm giving her to this young whippersnapper and he's clueless. He doesn't know. They need God. Well, that'll drive you to prayer and fasting. All right. So it is the prior priority over all other needs and relationships. And, and here's the proof. Now Jesus is teaching kingdom citizens, his disciples, in Matthew 6, 16, that fasting is expected and necessary. I, I hope that, that we, we can see that. But he continues by teaching them this. And, and we can go pretty quickly here. These things are, are more obvious in the text. Number two, wrong fasting will be nullified. 
So look what he says again, verse 16. When ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. The word sad there means gloomy, sullen. All right? Fasting for all the right reasons, heart examination, urgency, and seeking the Lord's help, these do require self-denial. But adding the sin of pride through seeking human praise nullifies any help or benefit. Don't bring sin to the equation thinking that this is going to help. Okay? The whole reason for prayer and fasting is to deal with the sin. Don't bring that with you. But that's how it had been corrupted in Jesus' day with these religious leaders and their example, what they were teaching uh, their followers in the Jewish nation. All right, so what were the hypocritical Pharisees doing? Well, in the text, Jesus identifies that they disfigure their faces. Uh, what I was able to read, and this, this comes out of antiquity, um, what was happening at that time is that they would take ash, put it on their faces to look pale. Okay? Have you ever seen someone who looks pale and you think, well, they're not well? Well, in the Old Testament, they would put ash on their heads. They, they would be so distraught about things, they would tear, tear their clothing, not to be seen of men, but to show their distress before God. But by this time, they were using these things to look pale. They would, these religious leaders, these men, would let their beards and their hair go unattended. so that they would appear, uh, would appear unto men too fast. And God speaks against that. Whereas biblical prayer with fasting will reap needed and powerful benefits for God's glory, those who fast to be seen by others only get the fickle, flawed praise of men. Now an application for us today, if you're going to fast, Keep it to yourself. Act like everything is as it usually is. Now your flesh, and that self-denial, your flesh is going to want some notoriety from it. Don't do it. Your spouse can know if you're fasting with a few others who... Uh, together, Matthew 18, you're agreeing together to go before the Lord. Uh, what's, what's bound here on earth is bound in heaven. We've looked at that text. Uh, that's one thing. But if you're doing it so that somebody thinks you're spiritual, don't. If you do, that's your reward. Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. They have already received their reward. That's all they get. However, when kingdom citizens fast, because they understand the blessing of true fasting, things should be very different. Instead of looking miserable, verse 17, but thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast. In other words, your regular, normal hygiene. Okay? 
Just do what you regularly do. Stay hydrated, all right? Continue uh, with your, your normal interaction unless you're in private, fasting, praying before the Lord. But you want to do, you want to conceal what is happening between you and the Lord alone. So wrong fasting will be nullified. Why do you need to be careful about these things? Well, number three, true fasting will be rewarded. Now, before we return to our text, what have we already learned about biblical fasting? Well, here's what we've learned. When it is done for the right reasons, seeking God for a clean heart, seeking His direction, His help, His deliverance, true fasting always brings powerful answers from God. There's a promise here. What you do in secret, God will reward you openly. It's guaranteed. Wednesday nights, we're talking about faith. Take a promise from the Lord. And by the way, in your time of prayer and fasting, talk to God about that promise. Does that promise rightly apply here? Make sure that you're being very careful with the scripture. But in your prayer and your fasting before the Lord, you continue to take that need before God. And the Lord promises here mighty reward. Now what matters is how you appear unto thy father which is in secret, that thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. I am moved when I think about how fasting is related to the final verse of Matthew chapter 6. You want to go back there? Or, or the second to the last verse. Look at Matthew 6.33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Say the last part of that word, verse with me, please. And all these things shall be added unto you. That's within the context, right? All right. Take no thought. How am I going to fix this? Okay. How, how are we going to get through this? I have to work harder to get rid of this, this stubborn sin habit in my life. No, you just need to go to God and let him do the work. But perhaps in that particular situation, these only come out by prayer and fasting. Let the Lord lead you and then get along with God. You, you got someone that you love dearly, uh, uh, someone in the church family, someone in your family who's away from the Lord, and you can see their life heading to shipwreck. What, what do you do about that? Lord, there just doesn't seem to be any sensitivity, any heart for you. Well, obviously the enemy is at work. Obviously there's, there's bondage to sin or, and self. What do you do? Get alone with God. Take some time for prayer and fasting. When we do, God defangs the enemy within, defeats the enemy without, directs the steps of his children, and meets the most profound needs of a believer 
or his nation when his children pray and fast. Now this may be new territory for some. I wasn't sure. What, what is this all about? I believe it is the primary means by where, by which God gets hold of our hearts. And so set your heart on the Lord. Ask the Lord to lead you, to teach you about your heart, to show you, and realize that part of that is getting alone, concentrated time, prayer, and fasting. Let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you for this passage. Three simple verses. The verses that so carefully and, and helpfully parallel all the other things that you've said in your word about fasting. Lord, this is a very private thing unless we choose to include a few other believers that we know have a heart for you and want to see you work and be glorified. Certainly we include our spouses in this. But Father, these are significant days where the light must shine to this dark world. These are days when Satan is very busy. And Lord, you've already told us that in the end, many would depart from the faith. You've already told us that the love of many will wax cold. Lord, those are all heart problems. And to be addressed, those heart problems need to have a yielded believer spending much time self-denial before your throne, letting you have the time to truly examine our hearts. And so, Lord, would you help the church family here at Good News to be a, a church where we are not controlled or driven by our circumstances, our own flesh, our own pleasures. Uh, Lord, the thoughts of others, uh, how we've done it in the past, personally. Uh, Lord, even as a congregation. But Lord, we, we need to be directed by your spirit and led to spend significant time with you addressing our great needs that only you can, where you can meet the needs. And so, Lord, would you please work as we close out uh, this time together today in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.